One in eight people globally are affected by infertility. It's a harrowing journey where one willingly endures pain in hopes of an elusive baby. Women especially have a hard time with the treatments. Repeated cycles and negative results lead to mental trauma and even depression. And yet, this topic doesn't get talked about enough. Today on the Be Unstoppable podcast, Colette takes us through her journey that she's also penned in a beautiful memoir. This is a Be Unstoppable podcast about stories worth telling of people who are living wholesome lives, overcoming obstacles, following their passion and changing the world. It's about people like you and me who found it in themselves to be unstoppable. Okay, so thank you for joining me and for as our viewers keep joining in, I'll just give a brief introduction. Colette is the author of IVF Got This and she is a mama for two beautiful babies and today we have her on to uh, share her story, to talk a little bit about her book and uh, also to give us, you know, some sort of tips on uh, how to get through an IVF journey, right? So welcome Colette. Thank and uh, to begin with, I think I'm just going to um, ask a very, you know, overview sort of a question. Yeah. Uh, what made you start on your IVF journey? You know, it's not an easy decision or uh, to take, you know. So what made you start on the journey? And what were, you ex- were your expectations before you sort of st- uh, started the journey, you know, before you even knew what you were getting into? So give us a bit of an idea about that. Yeah, so it took me around nine years um, before I was able to have my twins. Um, at the start, I had two miscarriages. And from there, I knew something wasn't right because after that, it took me another two years to try and conceive. I went to the GP and asked if I could have some tests done because here in the UK, you can't actually be tested to undergo IVF unless you've had three rounds of miscarriages. So on my second round, I knew something wasn't right because it took a long time after that to still try and get pregnant. Um, So when I went to the GP, she put me through lots of um, tests and then I went to see a specialist who again, I went through tests for, for around two or three years. After then, that was only the time when they decided to be able to put me forwards to have IVF. But then I was told it would be another nine month wait. By this time, I was already 35 years old. And I was like, I think I need to move this along a bit more. So I tried researching about private IVF treatment. Um, And from there, I researched that and opted to go the private route because they would be able to start my next period. Um, But once I started that, I actually found out that I was on the list to to join the NHS version, but I I was already halfway through my treatment. So I decided to carry on down the private route. Um, Obviously, when I tried IVF, I thought I'd get pregnant straight away, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. And I still had to go through three rounds before I actually managed to get pregnant. Yeah, I think uh, this is a very common uh, misconception you know, that most yeah. of us get into, you know. That the minute we start an IVF treatment, that's almost a guarantee that we're going to have a baby. Um, yes. There's so many yeah. other 
women that I've spoken to who who go without belief, but then you know, over and over, when you see negative results coming, it it could be very depressing and yes, you know, demotivating. Yes. So, uh, you know, just moving on from there, you know, um, in terms of um, challenges that you face during your treatment, as you already mentioned that you know you had uh, several miscarriages, and of course, the, between private versus NHS treatments. There was a shift, but with the actual procedure itself, were there were there any challenges uh, specifically that you either weren't aware of or uh, weren't prepared to deal with? I think not so much with the treatment. It was actually more the psychological effects of going through the treatment. It really affects you emotionally as well. Um, you are on a lot of drugs. There's a lot of drugs to take, a lot of injections. You have these expectations of getting pregnant straight away. Then you have like two weeks wait before you can even take the pregnancy test. And that is the longest two weeks wait ever. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it comes out as a positive test. And then just down the road again, you lose the baby. Um, you know, I wasn't prepared for all the weight gain from all the steroids that I was taking. It was hard to juggle working and attending appointments because um, during my second round of IVF, they found out that I had really strong NK killer cells. So I would attend appointments every four weeks to have intralipid infusions, which is where they inject um, soya fat to coat my veins so that I should be able to um, fight the killer cells and get pregnant. Um, so attending those appointments every four weeks, as well as injecting myself every day, was, you know, very difficult. Um, my husband did the injections in my back and I did my injections in my stomach. You know, every day you get bruises on top of bruises and then, you know, you get heartbroken. You, you wonder why, why am I doing this? You know, you lose, you lose all hope. Um, but there are many, many challenges. But you just have to, you know, try and be strong. Even seeing other pregnant women down the street or newborn babies or finding out that a friend has got pregnant when you're trying so hard, it is very, very challenging. Yeah. And then people don't understand why you, you know, inflicting this torture on yourself. Exactly. I think getting advice like maybe you should just adopt, maybe you should just give up yeah. on this. Uh, all together and uh, you know so it was very like they don't they don't get it why you're doing it and no that's right to have your own uh, and it is know. difficult because it is difficult because some part of you does want to give up at some points because you're absolutely at your lowest but you know how much you want to have a baby and then you think you know I can't give up I just have to keep going until it happens yeah. and it sort of also puts your life in hold, right like you mentioned yes you you're going through so many injections, so many appointments, so many treatments that everything else just comes to a, you know, a halt. Yeah. Stop. You don't have the mental bandwidth for it anymore. That's so right. So yeah. I believe that there's a big role that support groups or resources uh, that are readily available could um, help people with. And was there something that you referred to or something that really helped you during this journey? Yeah, it was actually towards the end of my journey and I, I got very depressed and 
I started calling the Samaritans, which I didn't actually find helpful. And then I found the Miscarriage Association. So I phoned them up and they um, invited me to join a closed forum group on Facebook. And that helped me a lot, being able to speak to other women going through IVF or miscarriages. Just being able, you feel like you're part of a certain group of people that only you you have the same interests, so to speak. You're, you just want to have a baby. That's all you're interested in doing. It takes over your life. Everything that you see in front of you is to do with babies. And the only people that I found that was able to understand that was people going through it as well. Because to other people, they're just like, oh, you just, you just need to keep trying. Oh, it will happen when it happens. You know, these things happen for a reason. But actually, that advice didn't help me at all. So I found comfort in speaking to other women and couples going through IVF and miscarriages. I did attend counselling as well, but I didn't find that as helpful because, again, they're, they're talking about uh, your mental state, but they're not really engaging in what is happening or experiencing the same as you. I also yeah. found swimming helps me quite a bit as well because when I was swimming, I could just have the right mindset and just concentrate on that. But otherwise, everything else was just babies, babies, babies. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. You know, uh, it was, for me, I wasn't able to connect to a lot of people who had gone through a similar journey. Probably because, you know, in India, this topic is still a very hush-hush taboo. Yeah. Even people who have gone through a fertility treatment will never acknowledge that they've done anything, which is why I'm doing this series to sort of build a little yeah. more awareness and a little more support for people who are going through it now. And um, it's it's very important to find people who resonate with the idea, you know, because they've gone through the same experience. So um, that's the whole idea of infertility dialogue uh, that, that I'm trying to push. But uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I just wanted to also understand a little bit more about, you know, the role of family, uh, friends, and, and the support so i went through ivf as a single person my husband right. passed away uh, before uh, so you know for me sitting in those uh, clinics all by myself was a very you know i would say difficult journey yeah right? lonely, very and, lonely. Wanted, and i don't have the idea of a partner support and how it could help so if you could share a bit more um, life on that yeah no I mean for me my partner played a big role um whether it was attending appointments with me they couldn't attend all my appointments because I had a lot of appointments to attend and obviously it was going on for years but just having someone there to support you um holding your hand being able to listen when you have to rant about it or when you're going through something emotionally and you can't deal with it, at least, you know, there's someone there that can see what you're going through, learning about your treatment and your medication that you're on, listening to you, empathising with you, and basically just listening to you vent all the time, you know, oh, my friend's having a baby shower and they've invited me, but I don't want to go, am I a bad person for not wanting to attend those kind of things it, I mean it was just there to be a shoulder to cry on someone to hug when you have bad days so I felt like my husband played a very 
um, played a very important part in my IVF journey. Obviously, we were going through it together because he wanted children as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think I would have found it more difficult without him being there. But I know a lot of women do go through it alone. So, um, actually, that brings me to uh, um, another question, which is you talked a little bit about, you know, uh, how swimming helped you uh, keep your mind off the whole baby thing and how your partner support also helped you went, right? So these are, these are in, in a way, coping mechanisms, you know, to take your mind off certain things that, you know, a, a treatment has become a part of your life, right? So, yeah. um, and people who are starting out their journey or maybe even going through it and they're not very sure how to deal with this, uh, could help, I mean, th these things could help them, right? So any tips for people who are either just starting out um, for whatever reason and, uh, or, you know, are in the middle of their IVF journey but are not able to cope, any tips for them in terms of how uh, they can, you know, cruise through this? I don't think you'd be able to cruise through it anyway whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yes. But it, it, could, it could ease the pain yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's definitely a roller coaster of emotions. There's a lot of trials, um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of heartaches, a lot of waiting. You just have to try and be a strong person. Find something that you believe in and stick with it, whether it's um, praying whether it's taking parts in sports, whether it's reading, you need to try and keep your mind busy, although it's it's not easy because your mind is overtaken by trying to have a baby. But try and find some kind of enjoyment in something else. Like I said, when I went swimming, I forgot about everything else. I was just deep in my thoughts. But apart from that, I tried meditating, yoga, none of that worked for me. So you just need to find something that will work for you. Yeah, and read other people's so stories. That helps as well. Reading other people's yes. stories. Yeah. yeah. That does. Because there's something to learn. Because I've sort of, I believe, you know, IVF fertility treatments is a unique journey for everybody. The treatment yes. course might be the same, but the journey that you, you go right. through is your own, what you deal with. Like, for example, for me, I... Even though I went through the IVF route, I wasn't able to get pregnant. Like they did every possible test and they just couldn't find anything wrong with me. And yes, but yeah. it, it still wasn't happening, right? So there yeah. are unexplained causes. And you know, in those times, it's not a lot of people I see start blaming themselves. You know, there's something wrong yeah. with me. Why am I not, you know, able to get yeah. pregnant? Yeah. And uh, maybe the society, the peer pressure is also there that unless you know you have a baby, you're lacking as a human being. So yeah. Uh, to deal with all sorts of those things, uh, I think being strong is uh, really important. Very important. You have to, I mean, like like you said, a lot of people have um, different mindsets, different inner strengths. Um, yeah. And by my second round of IVF, I lost all my inner strengths. And I thought, what is happening to me? Because I'm usually a very positive person. I always try to have a positive outlook. But I was getting beaten down on a daily basis. And then I got to real rock bottom. And I thought, how am I going to get myself out of this? I was locking myself in the bedroom, covering my head with a duvet. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was in a bad mood all the time. And it could have been because, because of some of the drugs that I was on. 
or it could have just been because I wasn't getting what I wanted and I was trying my hardest and doctors just kept saying to me there's nothing else we can do you're on the highest program that we've got your eggs are of a good grade you just have to keep trying and when you get told that you just have to keep trying it's so hard to find the inner strength to carry on so you just have to try and focus on something to help you get through it True. but definitely like reading positive stories gave me hope that maybe this can still happen like, I didn't want to give up because I just knew that I wanted to have children but like you yeah. said you, you get to a point where people might make comments and think what's wrong with me I mean I had a point where I turned around to my husband and said just just leave me go and find someone else that can give you children because I know you want to have children and I was blaming myself for not being able to get pregnant but he was just like no we're going through this together I'm not going to leave you if it means we have to adopt or go through surrogacy or any other route will go down it. And, you know, that made me feel 10 times better knowing that I had someone there that was willing to stick by my side no matter what. True. I think that kind of support is really, really needed, you know, if you, if yeah. you have to get through this because, uh, like you mentioned earlier, more than the financial cost, I guess takes a toll on your physical well-being, you know. Yes. The whole gaining weight part, I can totally, you know, get yeah. it. Because in the two and a half years that I went through IVF, I did some six cycles. I put on 20 cases and it's been wow. like a struggle to... To uh, lose it. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's very different from normal weight gain, right? And yes. ultimately, yeah. I wasn't even able to get pregnant. So I had to take a tough decision. And I said, okay, I'm going to opt for surrogacy because ultimate aim is to become a parent and yeah that thankfully you know worked for me and now I have a baby boy but uh, so many of the stories don't end positively and you know that could that could be really that could really destroy a person's self-esteem yes. and I think that's when that support becomes really important in absolutely yeah so um that brings me actually to the last for a question uh, that I have for today, and that's yeah. about your book. Tell us something about yeah. it. Uh, your, you know, the memoir that you've written. I've got this. Yeah. So this is a copy of my book that I've written. It, it comes in color pink and color blue. And basically, after my journey, I wanted to be able to share with other people that are going through IVF um, the ups and downs, everything that happens. So it's got information about my mental health, it's got information about the drugs that I was on, the doctors, um, past relationships, because before I was with my husband, I also suffered another miscarriage, dealing with working and attending all of my appointments. Um, so I wrote this book because I did find comfort in um, reading other people's stories. And it is a positive story because at the end I did have twins. So I wanted to be able to give comfort and hope to other people. Um, it is available in paperback and also as an ebook, so people can get it um, on Amazon, Kindle, iTunes, iBooks. And I've recently also launched a podcast called The Road to Motherhood, and that will be speaking again about fertility treatment um, and different different things that you go through. But also, once you become a mum and the trials that you have when, once you become a mum, because 
for me, having twins was also very difficult after my long, hard journey of trying to conceive. Twins was another challenge that I had. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I wrote this book while they were sleeping at three o'clock in the morning wow. um, at, because I, was, I, was, I felt strongly about trying to get the awareness out um, about IVF. And, you know, it's for um, parents and relatives that also have relatives going through IVF because they don't fully understand it. They can read about stories, but they won't actually know what a person is battling in their mind. Um, so I just wanted to be able to help as many people that I could, and I thought the best way was to write a book. That's amazing. And actually, for those of you who you know you're listening in, Colette has uh, is giving away a copy of her book, and we will post more details about that giveaway on the page very soon. But stay tuned for that, and um, hopefully you will get a copy. If not, please still go read the book because I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting journey with a lot of revelations. And Colette, like that point you mentioned, people don't really understand what uh, people going through an infertility treatment go through. I mean, uh, when my son was born, because he was born by a surrogacy, people didn't understand it at all, and they they thought I've adopted him, and I have no. I'm nothing against adoption. In fact, that's one of the things I want to do. But, uh, you know, the first time I brought him home to my, um, you know, my mom's place mm -hmm. and all those relatives came together. And the first question they asked me, so did you know his parents? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm his parent. And it was, it was like so shocking. I didn't know what to answer yeah. because they didn't understand what it meant. They just they assumed that I paid some woman and bought her baby. Yeah. It was... <laughs> It was insane, but yeah, so which is why we need to have these conversations and we need yeah. to spread awareness about treatment and those of us who are going through it. So yeah, thank you so much, Colette, for joining us thank today. Uh, it's great having you here. And um, that's, that's it, folks, for today. Thank you. Hey there, so that was the Be Unstoppable podcast for today. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the show. Do subscribe to stay connected and tune in every Friday on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.